Hello and welcome to the Anxiety to Confidence podcast. I'm Siobhan Booth and I am your host. This podcast is for anyone with an interest in mental health, overcoming anxiety and building confidence. Hello and welcome to this week's episode. I'm planning to do something a little bit different this episode and this is a regular feature that I'm going to start bringing in. So once a month I'm going to share with you a client's story. Now this story will have been particularly picked in order to demonstrate a particular aspect of anxiety. So this month I'm going to cover a client's story which demonstrates really well what anxiety actually feels like and how severe it can actually be. Now, before I get started, please note that this client story is based on a real client. However, names, dates, and any identifying information has been changed completely to make sure that this person stays completely anonymous. So I've chosen this particular client story because it demonstrates really, really well how anxiety actually feels to people when they're suffering from it. Now, if you've never had anxiety before, it can be really difficult to understand exactly what it feels like. And if you do have anxiety, then sometimes it can be tricky to know whether or not what you're feeling is because of anxiety or because of something else. Now, if you'd like to know why it is that anxiety feels as severe as it does, then make sure you have a look back over some of my previous episodes, particularly the one on adrenaline and the role of adrenaline in anxiety. I'm not going to go into it now, but that's a really useful one to help you understand why it is you may feel some of the things that you're feeling. So let's talk about Sam. Sam is my made up name for my client. Uh, Sam was a business owner relatively successful when they got in contact with me and their anxiety was focused very much on their health and really revolved around the idea that there was something seriously wrong with them or something would seriously go wrong with them. Now this person their anxiety got to the point where they were starting to have panic attacks in certain situations so they decided at this point it was really important they did something about it. I would recommend potentially finding help before then, but that's absolutely fine. We can still work with it when it gets to that point. Now, luckily for this particular person, Sam had seen me speak an event. So had an idea about my approach, had an idea about how straightforward I like to keep things, how non-woo everything is, and was happy with that approach. So that really helped. Now, Sam was experiencing lightheadedness, and palpitations on quite a regular basis. Now this can sometimes be a red flag for me. Uh, People often think that these things are anxiety, but we don't always know. The good thing about Sam was because there were so many issues around their health, they had in fact bugged their GP quite consistently for quite a long period of time. And they'd been checked out for all of the physical potential problems that there could have been. And once the GP and the specialist that they'd been referred to had found that there were no issues whatsoever, the GP had started talking about going and finding help for anxiety. So for me, this is perfect. It's all been checked out. We know it's most likely to be anxiety. So I can just start working with that person. Now, the things that set off Sang's anxiety were mainly travelling. So travelling in the car, travelling by plane, but also crowded spaces and being away from home. So either being a long distance away from home or being somewhere where they're expected to sleep over. 
And the reason these places, these particular triggers were an issue was because Sam was absolutely convinced that they would become some sort of medical emergency when in one of those situations. So this would manifest itself as imagining themselves causing a crash, a car crash, by having a heart attack behind the wheel. It would manifest itself by being on a plane, having some sort of medical issue and there being no doctor on board to help. Or being in a group of people and collapsing in the middle of all those people, um, making them the centre of attention, embarrassing them, disrupting the proceedings. Um, These were all the things that this person was imagining would happen. And of course, that was leading to panic attacks um, and leading to problems in those situations. Now, obviously, the way I think about anxiety, the way that I've been trained to resolve anxiety with people is to have a think about what kind of things are going on in somebody's head when they're coming up to an episode like this. So we started talking about what thoughts Sam was having on the lead up to these situations and then whilst he was in those situations as well. So thoughts like, what if I have a panic attack? What if I have a heart attack when I'm driving? What if I need medical attention and there's no one there? What if I collapse in this room and I'll disrupt everyone and look stupid? Am I actually having a heart attack? I'm going to look stupid in front of everyone. I'm not taking care of myself, so I'm going to die young. If I'm having palpitations, it must mean that there's something wrong. And these kind of thoughts would lead to certain feelings. So in Sam's case... Their heart would race, they would have palpitations. In some situations, there was lightheadedness, um, occasionally stomach upset, and of course, panic attacks. Those, Those horrible feelings of panicking and not being able to breathe properly. So then we look at what actions. So the idea here is that certain thoughts lead to certain feelings, which lead to certain actions. And in this case, what Sam was doing was constantly checking their pulse, repeatedly visiting the GP, even after they'd had quite a lot of reassurance, they were still going back and back and back because they felt like there must be something. In this case, avoiding travel where possible, which does make life quite difficult, and avoiding talking to people. So very much reclusing themselves because they were struggling to cope with the the magnitude of the feelings that they were having. And the avoiding travel, I mean, that that led into a whole other area of issues in the life. So not being able to go on holiday with the family, uh, not being able to attend business events. There were loads of things that this was affecting and making it really difficult for Sam to just go out and have the kind of life that they imagined being able to have. So cognitive distortions. Now, health anxiety is more common than people might think. There are a lot of people out there who are quite preoccupied by the idea that there might be something seriously wrong with them. Um, So luckily, this particular case was a relatively classic one, to be honest. The type of thoughts were very similar. The way it was presenting was quite similar. Obviously, luckily, we've already had all of the physical issues checked out. Now, the basis of cognitive behavioural therapy, which mixes so well with hypnotherapy, is that it's not the situation that's causing anxiety. It's the thoughts about the situation. And these thoughts are our cognitive distortions when they're causing us problems. 
Now, if you'd like to, you can find out for yourself which cognitive distortions are impacting your anxiety by heading to my website, which is www.anxiety2confidence.com. That's the number two, anxiety2confidence.com, where you can actually download your very own worksheet, which has all of the cognitive distortions listed. And all you need to do is go through them and have a look at which ones you do most commonly. There's also a video get sent to you by email, which will explain how to do the exercise. So it's a really, really good starting point if anxiety is a bit of an issue for you. So in Sam's case, we can see some great examples of cognitive distortions. Now, it doesn't really matter what my opinion on this is. The important thing is that we get the client to identify which cognitive distortions are causing them problems. So in this particular case, Sam identified that they were engaging in the following cognitive distortions. So catastrophizing, polarized thinking, jumping to conclusions, fortune telling, and shoulds or shouldn'ts. So that's really useful to know. Once you start understanding what it is that you're saying to yourself that's making your anxiety worse, it then becomes so much easier to start doing something about it. So now the key thing in Sam's case is to start turning those thoughts around. Now, the absolutely brilliant thing is that Sam had already been to the GP several times, in fact, and been to several specialists. So we knew at this point that the entire cardiovascular system has been thoroughly checked out. Now, I do recommend clients, if you're having really severe symptoms of anxiety, then please do go and check with your GP first. It's always worth making sure there's nothing else going on. And GPs are best placed to tell you if what you're experiencing is anxiety as well. So because we had this evidence that everything was good, um, we can be very confident working with Sam to change how they think about their health. One of the things that we do is examining the evidence. How true is this thing that you're having lots of anxiety about? And luckily in this case, we had great evidence that there was nothing wrong with them physically. So we can start from that basis of knowing logically there isn't anything wrong. Now that's not to make the client feel stupid at all. Um, If you've heard any of my workshops or anything like that, you'll know that I say regularly that anxiety is not stupid is to make sure that somebody understands the difference between what is logical, rational thinking and what is anxiety taking over a little bit too much. And the key thing here is that over time, our thoughts become beliefs. And this is a really, really important thing to get your head around because as we practice these negative thoughts over and over and over again, we become more and more convinced by them. So if we say over and over again, there's something wrong with me, I'm going to die early, eventually it becomes a belief. And that's a scary thought. So that's going to cause a lot of emotional distress. Now, it sounds overly simple that we just think positive thoughts instead. uh, But the reality is that if you force yourself to practice thinking more positively or realistically, if you prefer that word, then you'll start to believe in that too. So we can turn it around. So we have to start from a starting point. So we need some true positives that Sam knows are true, that they can rely on. So the ones that Sam came up with were, I've had everything checked and the specialists say I'm in good health. Many of my symptoms are anxiety and will pass. 
I am a healthy person, I eat well and I exercise. So as a bit of background to this, Sam actually previously in their life hadn't been as healthy as they were now and often felt like it was the past catching up with them. Um, But actually at this point in time, they were very healthy and fit. So that in itself was never going to be enough to cause a problem. Now, through the hypnosis work, we are able to teach Sam how to calm themselves down. Um, And that's a really key thing. A lot of clients really want tools to actually help them cope in the situation. So that's where we start. We start by teaching them how to calm everything down. And there are several techniques that I like to use with clients. Um, It depends on what works for them. But for this particular case, what worked best was a few of our breathing techniques that we can practice using hypnosis. A safe place imagery, uh, which is a really nice way of doing hypnosis. It's a really calm, relaxing, focused way of doing it. And something that we call a hypnotic anchor, where we associate a certain action with feeling calm and relaxed. And the idea of these tools is just to give control. That's the first thing we do. Demonstrate that this can be controlled. So what we can do further on is we can then use hypnosis to improve those situations. So hypnosis is a a great tool for then going on to use visualisation. So what we can do is help Sam by getting them to visualise those situations that would have previously caused a lot of anxiety but visualise themselves tackling them calmly and confidently and actually practice doing that because as we said, thoughts become beliefs in the same way that if we practice doing things in our head, we get better at doing them normally as well. And then the final stage of this process really, um, based on what Sam wanted, so Sam's goals for all of this, was to help Sam feel excited by travelling By visualising the benefits, so for example a nice holiday or an interesting business event or whatever reason they had to travel. As well as the hypnosis work, uh, Sam did a lot of work between sessions. So I give um, cognitive behavioural therapy based exercises which then are done between sessions as well. So there's kind of homework to do, although I don't like to use the word homework, some people don't like it. But Sam did a lot of work between sessions to make sure they were understanding fully how their thoughts were affecting their feelings. And this isn't just in anxious situations. This is like all over the place as well, because Sam actually discovered there were lots of other situations where their thinking was actually getting in the way of them enjoying it, um, doing well at it, progressing, things like that. And spent some time finding positive alternative thoughts to use in those situations. Now, positive thoughts don't have to just be the opposite. So they don't just have to be, I'm healthy. They have to be real. They have to be ones that you believe in, otherwise it's not going to work. So we've got a few exercises that actually help people find appropriate positive thoughts to use in those situations. We also set up something called the stop process. This is a process by which you can start to notice the negative thoughts and then actually just slow everything down in your mind so that you can decide what you want to do about that thought. So you're not just reacting in the same way constantly as you did before. So it's a really useful exercise for interrupting the patterns that we we all naturally fall into patterns. It's very, very common. So the results of all of this was that Sam initially rated their anxiety at its worst as a 10 out of 10. Now, this is a scale that I use with all my clients. So we asked them on their first session how they would score their anxiety and their final session. 
So 10 out of 10, 10 being the worst thing you've ever experienced. So if someone says a 10, it means that their anxiety is the worst thing they've ever experienced in their life, which is not uncommon, I have to say. At the end of the course, Sam was rating it 3 out of 10. And the comment that accompanied that was that it was still there a little bit, but that they didn't really feel the need to worry about it as they had all of the tools to manage it. And the key thing for me was that Sam was able to attend quite a large business function and was actually able to really enjoy it and get out of it all of the things that they wanted for their business, rather than worrying about their health constantly, worrying about all the other stuff that was taking up brain space before. So that's just a quick story about how it is that a particular individual can come along, go through the anxiety to confidence course, take control of their anxiety and then start to build confidence and happiness and achieve the things they want to do afterwards. So if you'd like to find out more how the Anxiety to Confidence course can help you take control of your anxiety, then head over to my website. I've already given you the website address and just head to the shop area where you'll be able to find out more information about the courses there. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Anxiety to Confidence podcast. You can find more information and my extensive blog at www.anxietytoconfidence.com. That's the number two, anxietytoconfidence.com.